Hi, you're listening to Recommendations from My Taco Spouse. I'm Jen. And I'm Wesley. So let's get started. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a Western cartoon. Western cartoons. I know. Oh, you're such a Westaboo. I, I know, I'm the worst. At least it's not one of those Western anime. It's not even real anime. I, I mean, part of it kind of was. <laughs> I think anime fans would really enjoy this series, but probably uh, getting ahead of myself. I was more referring to the first episode. Yes. It's, yes. It's, it's not full-on, like... Avatar level of Western anime. But, dot, 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 dot. But you can see but the influences. I can see the influences, yeah. For the first part of the first episode. Yeah. After that, no. Well, it, it reminds... Anyway, we should probably talk, tell like what we're actually talking about, though people probably guessed by clicking on the episode. Are we talking about something? We're, yes! <laughs> do this every time! Oh, right. We're talking about Centaur World. Centaur World. Centaur World. Yes. And we're here to save our baby girl. <laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves again. Oh, oh. So it's it's zero or a hundred with me. You don't get it in between, especially when musicals are involved. Well, you are ancient. How do what? You're a hundred. That was rude and uncalled for. It was rude and definitely called for. <laughs> So, we're going to avoid any major spoilers until, like, probably about a little way in, and then we will tell people to go watch it, and then come back so they can be spoiled. We're going to tell people to go watch it? Well, I mean, you know, I, I recommend people watch it. I The only person I care who watches it is Wes, and he's already seen it, so... Well, that was a quick review. <laughs> what did you think? Well, go watch it. Nice, we're done. Well, that was this episode of Recommendation <laughs> My Taco Spouse. <laughs> no, but I think that's a good idea. We will give very clear warnings about when we enter spoiler, big spoiler territory. Correct. Because going into this blind is an adventure. Yeah. An so, adventure in Centaur World. <laughs> so Centaur World is about a horse named Horse. Yes. Possibly who, Horst. Horst, <laughs> who is transported to another world. A Centaur World. I don't know why you stopped and looked at me with that. I was kind of expecting you to sing again. I never sing. Lies. <laughs> Lies. So horse is transported to another world, a centaur world, where every creature is a type of magical singing centaur. The bugs, the worms, the fish, the plants. They're singing, they're dancing, half animal, half man things. Exactly. And horse must travel across the lands to find a way back home. Yeah, that's... That's the kind of pitch you'd tell the person that you want to get to fund the project. That's probably what they told to get someone to fund the project. <laughs> but that, the best thing I can say about that pitch is that it's technically correct. It is. And that's the best kind of correct. Yes. <laughs> so it's funny. I probably wouldn't have been interested in this show based on the pictures. Um, Ditto. But a my co-worker's brother tweeted about it. And he tends to have pretty good taste. So I was intrigued to watch the first episode. And I said to Wes, hey, I'm intrigued to watch this. Do you want to watch the first episode with me? If you're not interested, I'll watch it on my own. And it was, Wes's fate was set like set in stone from then on because he said, all right, I'll give the first episode a go. Yeah. So why were you not interested really in watching this beforehand? Because you were very reluctant. You were like, uh, I guess I'll watch it. But only because you asked me because I love you. I suppose. Ugh, if I must. If I must. 
eh. <laughs> no. Um, Western animation is in a strange place. And when it comes to TV shows, mm-hmm. movies and TV shows have always had a strange divide, I'd say, in Western animation, which we could probably do a whole thing about that, but I don't want to get too far in- into the weeds. I always stay right on topic. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Rude. So, <laughs> and I have been less than enamored with a lot of Western animation recently. We mm. watched Carmen Sandiego, which I enjoyed. Yes. This looked nothing like Carmen Sandiego. No. If I were to draw a comparison to something, I would say visually, from what I'd seen, this was more similar to something like Adventure Time. Yes, 100%. And after maybe the first season, first two seasons, I don't remember, Mm. I really just stopped caring even a whit about anything to do with Adventure Time. Just at all. Yeah. Whatsoever. And other things along that vein also weren't grabbing me. Like... Most of the things that I see coming out of Cartoon Network or things like that, I just have no interest in. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw the pictures for this, I had pretty much already written it off. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried, again, by just looking at the pictures, it was going to be like the weird adventure time. It doesn't make sense. It's weird for the sake of being weird. Like, what was it? Uncle Grandpa was a show. Yeah, I don't want that. that. That was just like, Why? Or the trailer that I saw for Midnight Radio or something like that. I don't know. It's some weird Western animation psychedelic thing. And again, I just saw a trailer for it. I was like, I have no interest in this whatsoever. Side note, if whatever this show is I'm trying to remember that I can't remember the name of is actually good and you go, oh, I know what he's talking about, leave us a comment and... You could be proven wrong again. Yeah, maybe I'll be proven (laughs) wrong again. So so both of our expectations was this is going to be really weird. But let's give it a go. Mine wasn't even so much weird as, I mean, I hesitate to use a word like puerile, but yes. <laughs> not your cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. That's a British way of putting it. Yes. Because we are two-faced and very, what's the word? Passive-aggressive. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't quite your cup of tea. Correct. I was. That's what I figured, yes. And then we watched the first episode. And then we watched the first episode. And then what did you say to me? I said that I felt, based on the pictures, that the first episode was not an accurate representation of what the show might be, and we should watch episode two. And then we watched episode two? Yeah. And then what did you say? Well, that's when you said, we can't watch another episode, we have to go to bed. And so then when you came home from work the next day, I said, hey, let's watch Centaur World. And we binged the whole thing in three days after I finished work. Yes. Yay! (laughs) Which, okay, disclaimer here. This was a surprise for me because Wes doesn't like watching the same series episodes in a row. Usually. Usually. Like, we have several anime on the go, partially because Wes needs a palate cleanser in between, and because you don't like watching, like, one episode after the other. I've talked about this, though, in other podcasts that we've done. If well, you go I back, forgot. <laughs> well, because if you go back, like, one of the reasons that I was disappointed with BNA is because a lot of the times shows aren't meant to be binged. And when you watch them in that manner, it exposes weaknesses in their narrative pacing. And that was one of, as I said, that was one of the big issues in BNA. And I find that with other shows too, in that they can work really well for half an hour. But when you stretch that out to two hours, all of a sudden you're in the weeds. But we managed to watch probably two to three hours of this in a go 
without any problem. And each episode was definitely episodic. Yes. And one of the episodes that we'll get back to later, I really, really disliked. But I also feel that this was only 10 episodes. Again, BNA was quite a bit longer. Only like two episodes. Oh, well, that was only 13, wasn't it? Yeah, two or three episodes. I guess it wasn't. It It feels longer. Yeah, I I feel they (laughs) did more and more consistently with this program, which Mm -hmm. made it, while still episodic, it flowed better. So what? one thing I wanted to ask you was, why did you want to keep watching this? I like musicals. <laughs> there it is! I mean, I don't, I don't think we've really dodged around that at all. <laughs> I mean, I did mention earlier that the centaurs are magical singing centaurs. There is a lot of singing in this show. I think most of the voice actors that they hired are, are, have musical backgrounds. Which is always good. If you're yes. doing a musical show, you should do that. Yes. I... Yeah, anytime if you're doing live action or animated, I don't really care. If you're going to do a musical, just go raid Broadway. They already know how to act, and they already know how to sing. And most of them are out of jobs right now because of the pandemic. Which sucks. Go hire them. Broadway's too expensive anyway, but musicals and art forms should be encouraged and supported. That's my soapbox on that issue. And now now they've introduced them to children and the Tumblr diaspora. Good. There's a new TV show besides this one that's all about, I think it's more of a farcical spoof on musicals called Schmigadoon. Have you heard anything about that? I have never heard of this, no. Brand new, live action. It's about two people who like get lost in a town straight out of a 1960s musical. Oh, yes. No, I did did see a trailer for that. You showed it to me. That looks interesting. I thought it was going to be a movie and I guess it's a TV show. Oh, that's interesting. We should check it out. Yes. Because, I mean, it reminds me of, okay, sorry, we are going on a little bit of a tangent, but Gallivant. Gallivant yeah. is a TV show that's a musical, and it was amazing. Yes. I think Gallivant played it slightly more straight, though. As hard really? as that. Gallivant was really? very tongue-in-cheek. Oh, but, but as a Schmigadoon musical. But Schmigadoon seems to be looking at it from a sense of, this is a stage musical, and they like realize there's something um, off. Whereas in Gallivant, I don't really feel like it was all singing and dancing. It, it was, was all part of the world. But it was a part of the world, if yeah. that makes sense. Part of the world. Exactly. <laughs> but back to Centaur World. It's a musical. And I think that the showrunners were a little hung up on that. And I think that there were some songs that could have been cut. I feel there's a couple of times characters broke in the song just because they'd gone five minutes without it. But yeah, musical. Musicals don't have to constantly bombard you with music. They shouldn't just abjectly get rid of it for an entire traumatic third of the movie like Happy Feet, which was garbage. (laughs) I mean... Like, you use the musical to play up emotions, and then when they have the most emotional part of the movie, there's like, we're not doing music anymore. Fuck Happy Feet. But. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I hated that movie so much. Tell, tell us how you really feel. Uh, like, I will go off on that movie, but we're talking about Centaur World. We are talking about Centaur World. Please don't get too distracted by Happy Feet or your rage for Happy Feet. Uh, it had Robin Williams as a penguin. Wait, Robin Williams is in it? Yeah, he plays the little uh, one with a Mexican accent. I've never seen it because everybody Good. told me it was bad. Well, I'm not going to watch it with you. <laughs> I'm not that's watch how bad it. it is. Anyway, Centaur World. So yeah, there are a few times when I feel like they just stuck in songs to have songs. And there were some songs that I didn't care for. And as I alluded to earlier, there's an entire episode that I didn't care for, which means that... No, it's one-tenth of the whole mm-hmm. series. That's not bad. True. But then it means like most of the songs in that episode I didn't care for. Most of... There was one song in that episode that I really liked. So it's a shame that it's stuck in such a horrible episode. <laughs> Wow, I want to know what this is, but we'll get to that later, I guess. Where was I going with this? 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you're going half the time. Fair enough. Oh, why did I want to keep watching it? Why did Why did you want to keep watching it? Because clearly so, you hated it. <laughs> the only thing they show you that I've seen, because I didn't, again, I saw pictures, but I didn't really go hunt anything down because I'd written it off because I'm incredibly judgy and I judged it by his cover. <gasps> the worst. You are. The first, the beginning of the first episode. Completely tonally different. <laughs> completely. <laughs> completely tonally different. I think from anything you've seen in marketing, assuming that they don't spoil that in marketing, which again, they might because I didn't go looking for it. Yeah. But if you look at like the banner on Netflix, if you just type it into Google and you look at the pictures that pop up, the beginning of episode one, you're like, wait a minute, did I start the wrong episode? Did I start the wrong show? So that's why I wanted to watch more. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, wait, how does it get from this to this? Yes. How did it get from sucking on lemons to, oh my God, I've eaten way too much sugar and now I'm bouncing off the walls? Just a little bit of LSD. It's fine. Yay. <laughs> so how about you? What were you feeling? Well, like I said, I expected it to be weird. I was not expecting it to be a musical. Ditto. So it opens up and you have the tone, like the, the egg, like you said, the tone was completely different. And then the character breaks out into song and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Am I, am I watching a Disney movie? Actually, it felt more like, uh, like the 2000s DreamWorks movies, like, uh, The Quest for Camelot and. I haven't seen that. I, you really need to see it. It's really good. I would disagree. And that I don't think it felt Disney movie. Well, no, I mean that Quest for Camelot wasn't Disney, but even it still. felt like other st other studio <laughs> musicals. I wasn't getting that. I, really, I was like uh, maybe on some level an older musical, but it definitely felt to me more for at least like especially the opening song and uh, quite a few of the others that came through. Actually, the ones that I think I liked most felt to me more stage musical than Disney musical. Yes, music wise, yes, but. And the combination of music with animation made me feel oh, fair like it, it It felt like a musical movie, but it felt like a kid's movie. And that's another thing that I was really surprised about was the quality of animation. Yeah. It was really good. Like, I kept thinking the whole way through, okay, I absolutely loved She-Ra. That was one of the shows that Wes didn't want to watch with me, but I really wish She-Ra had been animated as well as Centaur World had. It sucks so bad that it wasn't. And that's not quite the animators' fault. But I think you were saying that the animators for Centaur World were trained by so with, James when the main, Baxter. Yeah, when the main character is a horse, and you've got the lead animator from Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, and just generally good animator anyway, working for the same company as you, because I guess he's with Netflix now. This was looked up later. You might as well get him to do a crash course for animators on how to draw a horse. How to animate a horse. How to animate a horse as well. And especially when you're in centaur world and the vast majority of characters are four-legged. So they did. And it looks like they learned the lesson pretty darn well. It was amazing. Like, I think it was consistently good all the way through. Yes. That was one of your complaints about Steven Universe was how inconsistent the animation was. Yes. It, it Yeah. The quality of animation and the music and the tonal shift in the first episode was like, wait, what? I was, what? <laughs> and then we kept watching it and it got... Weird, but it got better. <laughs> that is actually something that I've seen a bit online as people have been talking about this. Mm. Is that a common reaction after an episode is, 
what the hell am I watching? <laughs> and it seems that the common response to that is keep watching. Wait till you get to episode three. And if mm, yeah. Boats doesn't do it for you, maybe the show's not for you. And I think that's a pretty good weather vane. Yeah. 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 Watch up to episode three. And if you don't care, drop it. And if you do care, keep watching it and then come back to this episode of Recommendations to My Talk with Spouse because we're going to talk about spoilers, I think. We're getting into spoilers? I think that's a good time to get into spoilers. Perfect. Boop, 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 boop. Spoilers. The heck was that? It was a warning thingy for spoilers. I think we just gave a warning. Well, I just gave an actual warning so people had time to be like, oh no, I gotta go turn this off. You know, watching you do that explains a lot about early BBC special effects. Wait, what? They just put a British person in a room and said, make noises, and there we go. That's rude. But true. That's rude and I'm... uncalled for. <laughs> but true. <laughs> I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> You're mean to me. Every time I show you fun shows and all you do is treat me like crap. People thought they were running the Dalek voice through a modulator, but it's really just an old British guy who smoked a pack a day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're probably not wrong. Right. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. So Horse gets transported to this other world where... She can suddenly talk because in her world she wasn't able to talk because she was a horse and she's surrounded by a bunch of crazy... Centaurs. But you say that, but the opening narration when they're in war-torn human world is done by horse. Well, yeah, because it's her inner monologue. Yeah, but she's a horse. She doesn't have an inner monologue at that point. Wait, there's an opening narration? Yes. Oh, I thought that was done by Ryder. No, it's done by horse. Okay. Well, either way, horse is the main character and... And so she ends up tr- kind of being forced to travel with this herd of incredibly crazy characters. If you have seen it, then you know what we're talking about. And if you haven't, yes, yeah, so we She have- has to undergo a hero's journey to find a MacGuffin so she can be rejoined with her writer who's yeah. stuck in the human world. Yeah, but it's mostly the, the weird characters she's with. So so we're introduced to them with with the song. Oh, what's it called? First song. Wait, I think it's called Centaur World. Yeah, oh, no, they get introduced in Centaur World. Yeah, sorry, it's the second one where they oh, talk about all their magic. magic. Yeah, that when that song was like, oh wait, no, this is as weird as I was expecting it. This to is be. really weird, yeah. And I was kind of expecting you to be like, oh no, I don't want to watch more after that. Mm, but it was a musical. Yes. And the magic song doesn't do much for me, but Centaur World on its own is good stuff. So I'm curious, what's your favorite magic? Magic? Yeah. What's your favorite magic magic trick? Magic spell, sorry, not trick. Magic spell from the show. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Hair shape's really fun, and they keep using it. I think that one they use in the most original ways, and it can they continue to use it in original ways throughout like, the series. Like Zulia's turning into a chair and then lounging on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Zulia's of... So, I mean, we kept, you said Horse is the main character. Yes. But Horse quickly, as a main character, quickly becomes a dual act playing off a of Wamalink. Yes. Which is the Glinda. pink slash purple, not Lama. No, she's, she's, a, she's a pink alpaca tour. Well, she's partly purple. Isn't she, she partly no, she's purple? Not, she's, you're just colorblind. She's entirely yeah. pink. Her fur is all pink, but her skin's purple. No, it's pink. It's purple. It's a different shade of pink. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> she hangs out with the alpaca tour, and then it's Wamalink's herd- who are 
just dragged along. Yeah. <laughs> Being forced into this quest. For misfits who kind of drag her, they kind of drag Wong into the quest because they have at that point no personality and do whatever the strongest willed person tells them to do. Oh, that's true. And they horse do. takes over. Yeah. And then two and a half of them grow a personality throughout the rest <laughs> of the series. Just because Cheb's short doesn't mean that he's half a center. Well, no, he just gets half a personality. And Durbleton doesn't get one at all. Um, kind of in the name. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. I just want to say my favorite spell is the shooting tiny versions of ourselves out of our hoofs. Just because it causes existential terror? <laughs> yes, it causes existential terror. And they're like, ah! <laughs> it's just really funny every time they do it. They always have like that brief moment of like, I'm alive. I'm alive. Why am I alive? Ah! But yeah, it is... Again, talking back to the animation. Actually, they used it in very interesting ways throughout the series. But it never works. But it's funny. <laughs> it worked but to save uh, Glen. Oh, Glendale from Glendale the tornado. From the torna- tarna- Wait. Tarnato. Yes. Tarnato. Tarnato. <laughs> Say it with a Western accent. You're fine. I just did. Good. But you're talking about the animation. And I do like that they are consistent when they fire tiny people from their hooves. You will then see tiny people running around the background. Yes. <laughs> So that was that was a nice touch. That's why it was funny. So actually, that's a good way to move into what's your fa- who's your favorite character. Now that we've briefly glossed over them, if you've seen the series, you know exactly what we're talking about. And if you haven't, you're like, "What? This is weird." And like, "Yes, it's weird." That's why you need to see it before you can understand what we're talking about. Are we including Horst and Womlinks? Yeah, of course. Oh, They're characters, yeah. including Ryder, including all. Ryder's not a character. Ouch. Ryder's a plot device for episode one. And a goal for the other nine. We did have to put it like that. <laughs> Maybe she'll get a bigger role in series two, which she should because she's another trained Broadway actress. But fine. Who is your favorite character out of the main herd, including Horse? <sighs> oh, that's a t- it's a toughie. <laughs> and I, I think Horst is more consistently good. <laughs> you just called her Horst. Yeah, that's okay. her name. Okay. But I really like Womlinks. Oh, interesting. Why? I think by the end of it, they reveal a lot more to be explored with Womlinks. That I think there's just a lot hiding there. And I don't know if they'll explore it if I'm reading too much into it. But Horst is the main character. And Horst is both the driving force. And I think undergoes the most change. But not in a way, not in just a change for change's sake. And a change for growth's sake. mm which is good. I'm tempted to say my favorite's Glendale, but I think I'm going to have to go with Zulius. It's, it's when, tough. It's tough one again. Once we take those main two out, it's got to be Zulius. Because <laughs> yeah. he has the best episode. He has the best episode. He's He has the best magical, like the best... The best magical magic, power. Magical power that no one else knows about. The just, again, he's got, the, out of all of the background characters, he gets the most character development. They become more fleshed out. He's fun. He's a sassy zebra. <laughs> zebra Zebratar. Zebratar, my bad. <laughs> Zebratar. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you guys say centaur. Centaurs. We say centaur. Centaur what? Centaur world. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work, <laughs> does it? <laughs> oh, it's like it's like the melon joke. It doesn't work in British English. You mean the little honeydew dog? What? No. Oh. I mean, the, the, the melons get that get married. Because they can't elope. Yeah, but it doesn't work in British because they can't elope. Anyway, I'm getting off the subject. Yes, he is a zeb 
Zeptar. 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 And when we did, we, were, we worked out Glendale was a some kind of deer tar. Something from Africa. They're all from Africa. Well, those three are. <gasps> Wait, where are alpacas from? I don't know. Uh, South America. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, technically I they're all from Centaur World. Yes. But yeah, she's some sort of ungulate from Africa that I don't remember the name of. And I'm guessing your least favorite was... Derpleton. Derpleton. Yeah. He's the worst. Fair enough. He's everything I feared the show would be <laughs> in one character. <laughs> well, at least it's just... it's focused on him and not the rest of the characters yeah which is good i'm glad they didn't spread that out so what was your favorite well hold on hold on you're like jumping you made you asked me all these questions yeah so for you why does it come down between glendale and zulius oh oh because they're both funny (laughs) there's a reason i married you hey wait a minute (laughs) i always knew i was a roger rabbit in this relationship yes i'm not denying it (laughs) you make me laugh yeah no honestly both of them made me laugh Ah, no, now I'm swinging back to Glendale, because I think she made me laugh more than Zulius, because she had more comedic moments. Oh, but no, but he's also... Ah, I don't know, I can't... Ah! Glendale has a great bit when she gets sucked into the tornado, and just accepts her fate, and breaks into song as she's carried up into the sky. And that came episode two, and I think I made us rewind to rewatch that, because I was like, wait, what the heck just happened? (laughs) You know, I think I just realized why... She has, she has like a croak in her voice, and at the beginning, in the first introductory song, she's like, um, "Oh, ignore the fact that we were invaded okay. by a terrifying horde, but we're just going to pretend it's okay." And then when she's getting sucked into the tornado, she basically relaxes and accepts her fate, and so she doesn't feel that anxiety she constantly feels uh, that's true. in every day of her life. So maybe that's why it was the one time in the whole series she doesn't have. The that, croak. The croak. Because she's lost all her anxiety. For one brief moment until it all comes rushing back. Yep. Wow. This has so many layers to it. Or the animators didn't actually think about that and we're just reading way too much into it. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so I think that's a good one. Is What was your favorite bit in the... Or maybe, would, would you rather answer what was your favorite episode first? Uh, no. Okay. There were just like so many little bits, but I, I feel know. like- I know, how am I supposed to pick one? <laughs> but I feel like also all the episodes, well, most of the episodes are really strong as well. Oh, wait, you said, okay, how about we start with what was your least favorite episode? Holes you- part two. Holes part two. Holes part two. Yeah, Sorry, I, 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 I knew- think about it? No, 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 I knew you were going to say that. It's such a bad episode. Why? Such a, but unfortunately, so here's the thing, is it's an absolutely garbage episode. But it has bits in it that I really, really like. Mm. Like, there's a couple of set pieces here and there that are a lot of fun. And I love Glendale's little Prism Blues, I Steal So I Can Feel song. Great, perfect, amazing. And just little bits like them forgetting that she decided to dig her way out of prison instead of going through the rest of the episode with them. And then she pops up at the end after digging her way out. Or when they're in prison, just immediately she's dressed in, like, a prison jumpsuit with, with the sleeves torn off, with and tattoos and like, like piercings, and yeah, just <laughs> oh, so many weird. Or the whole little bit where Zulius trades Ched for cake from <laughs> a corpse who's chained up next to him in the cell, and nobody seems to care about the fact that there's a skeleton just stuck to the wall there. <laughs> just or Wait, uh, I know it's Jeffrey. When, <gasps> uh, when you when they no Jeffrey's a tree. That no, was Jeff- uh, I thought Jeffrey was the skeleton. No, it was. Um, Glenn or something. Okay. Anyway, 
<laughs> uh, clearly important character. But just like when they first go into the courtroom and comfortably Doug says, all rise, and all the moles just burrow out of the ground. <laughs> that was such a good pun. <laughs> just There's so many great little bits, but the episode itself, I just... Ah. Was it because it was awkward and you hate awkward moments? No, I did. I did outside of That's I Still I So I Can like. Feel, I didn't like any of the songs. I thought that the shaman they meet in that episode was completely pointless. I didn't like her. I hated the character development for Horse in that episode because I feel that with regards to her storyline, a lot of the other characters are mistreating her throughout the series. And it's just generally confusing at how there's constantly like infantilizing her. Is that the right word? I don't know. They're, they're like constantly trying to treat her as a child, but I never got the impression that she was supposed to be a child. My guess because she's... They, they probably treat her like a child because she came from another world and she doesn't understand anything about their world. But they don't treat her like a child and not understanding about their world. They just constantly treat her like a child. And this happens throughout the entire series. But I feel in this episode, you get more of it because this is the episode where Horse starts, like, things start happening to Horse that she doesn't understand. She's, like, kind of becoming a part of Centaur World. But nobody seems to realize just how much is actually creeping her out. And they're like, yeah, it's just puberty. Deal with it. Isn't this wonderful? And she's like, no, it's not wonderful. And they're just smiling and laughing. And the episode literally treats, but the episode literally treats it as a joke. Mm. In that, there's a whole musical number about how it's a joke. There's two whole musical numbers. Well, there's one specifically. Literally, this is a joke. <laughs> and then there's the other one where like, it's puberty. Yay, change. Bodies change. Yay, isn't that great? So it's just, I didn't like that aspect of Horse's character growth because I didn't feel like it's ever really resolved. Well, it kind of is. During my favorite episode. Which was a great part, but it's... Okay. And the only reason it's resolved is because she tries to kill herself. And that's it, though. But it's like that's nobody dark. nobody cares <laughs> until that point. Yeah. And even then, only one of them really seems to, Wamawinks. I just... There's bits where I felt like the show was rushed too much. And part of it is definitely... Like, they talk, they make a joke in episode one about how all of the weird centaur horde are incredibly codependent to an unhealthy degree. Mm. But then by the end of episode 10, you get the feeling that, like, Wamawinks particularly has like, heavily imprinted on horse mm. in that she just can't even bear to see her go. And as a viewer, you're, you're going, how long have you known this horse? A day. Exactly, right? It's like, <laughs> Well, they've probably known each other for longer because they travel literally around the world. But they don't. I, I think this is a fault in only doing 10 episodes or in trying to tell the entirety of part one in just those 10 episodes is that I don't feel you give enough time to rest on certain bits. And as such, you don't get as much of an impact. Mm. So like basically one of the things that we mentioned earlier is they have to go find the MacGuffin so Horse can get home. And the MacGuffin is split into five parts spread across five different shamans around the world. And they do this in 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. It has no time to breathe. Well, I guess they have... Yeah. And so I think that it's it made parts of this less impactful for me. I mean, one of the jokes that you and I kept saying is that like the opening the when they're took when they're told the quest by Water Baby, one of the shamans, in her song she says commune with the shamans. Yeah. And, and she, she does doesn't that with may well, okay, kinda water baby. I mean she maybe the whale tar. She engages words with all of them, but Oh, wait, but yeah, but she doesn't exactly commune. 
with commune, any of them. Commune is not a verb I would use. <laughs> yeah, no. She steals, beats up, tricks. <laughs> she pretty much does anything she can besides commune to get hold of these like trinkets. Yeah. And so I feel that they could have spent some more time on those. And I don't know if it was fear that they wouldn't get another season, a rush to get to a larger conflict. I don't know what the reason for that was. It was probably because they wanted to make sure they tied up the story in the first season and then had to... I mean, that's what I was saying before. It's very episodic. And so you kind of have the shaman of the week until the beginning and the end when you have episodes that start to connect together a little more. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was a bad thing. I didn't have any problem with the pacing when I was watching it. Holes 2 was my least favorite, though. Holes 2 is garbage. Um, <laughs> but it's just... So when you get to the end and they have that song before you go, the one mm-hmm. sings for horse. Yeah, that was my least favorite song. And it's... It's it just felt weird because until then Wamawinks is the one who's put together. Yeah. Like she's the one who's knows kind of what's going on and is somewhat self sufficient. Like the other four can't even feed themselves without her there to make her them pancakes. And so general things uh, like giggle that. Giggle cakes. Giggle cakes, sorry. Get it right, Wes. Jeez. Uh Could we have a Centaur World fan? <laughs> and so this sudden change felt really out of place. I don't think it was a change because all the way through, it's basically the two of them who have been connecting on a deeper level than any other character because Horse realizes one wink's past and one wink realizes it's Horse past and why Horse wants to get back. And so they have that. I think they have a stronger connection, which is why she feels torn when Agreed. her friend is going. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think you really get that in uh, the view of one wink's past. And I think you really get that in the song... What if I forget your face? Or what if I forget you? I don't know what it's called. But I think, though, that you could have used these bits when Horace is changing and feeling uncertain and not knowing what's going on to better pull those two characters together. But Wamawinks just laughs and jokes along with the others, and nobody ever seems to care. Mm. And I think that's a big miss, especially when Horace has a big emotional breakthrough in the song Who Is She?, she changes even further to become more centaur worldish, and it's immediately played off as a joke. Nobody cares, even which, though she's freaking out. Even though she freaks out, which in the next episode leads to, as you said, her deciding to kill herself because of it. And I think you could have done some more character building between those two to make "Before You Go" a stronger song, mm. because at the end of your favorite episode has one of my favorite songs which is the reprise from Fragile Things. Yeah, honestly, that, those three songs connected were fantastic with Welcome to the Bay, Who Is She reprise, and then Fragile Things reprise. Just that emotional wave, pun intended, because it, they're on, they're in the ocean. That emotional wave was just so well put together. And I guess, I guess that Fragile Things reprise is another emotional connection that they have. She realizes that she could lose horse and so she needs to go save her. Yes. And I think that it also helps play off a bit more and that so I was saying that they keep treating horse as a child throughout it. Mm-hmm. And you've even got, you know, some lines from horse as that where like, now it's not a child and she's like, I'm not a child. And then, but nobody ever listens to that. They just kind of ignore her. And Wama Winks decides that as pretty much as soon as horse shows up, that she's gonna call her baby girl. Throughout the entire show is what she decides to call her. Which I mean, she calls everyone else by their names, 
So it, it felt another one that it's any horse, even if horse might not be horse's name, it's what horse knows is a name and it's how horse introduces herself. And so it's how horse identifies herself. And so when a horse's big thing is about loss of identity, I think having another main character refuse to ever call you by your name feeds into a loss of identity. Wow, grim. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Okay, <laughs> so I'm look I'm looking too much into a show the same for kids and it's got sparkly colors. But well, I mean, we are going... big kids and I do like sparkly colors. Why are you ruining it, Wes? It's just, it, it, <laughs> if a show is going to tackle adult concepts, I'm going to look at it in such a way, right? And so, but that that's part of where I'm... And so I think, though, that you do get a little bit of payoff for that in that song, Fragile Things Reprise, when it's revealed that what Wama Winks is seeing in Horse is what she went through as a child. Mm-hmm. Because in that song, she has a line uh, where she goes, even a baby girl can find a new herd all her own, and even a warrior from a distant world can find love. And so there, what you're realizing is that part of what she's saying and what she's projecting onto Horse is herself when she was lost after the war. Mm-hmm. Because that line, even a baby girl can find a new herd all her own, isn't about horse. It's, it's about, about herself. Her. <gasps> right? It all comes together. I didn't even make the connection with her calling horse baby girl all the way through and then the name drop at the in that song and then, ah! Yeah. I like musicals and I think too much about them. <laughs> you like musicals and you think too much about stories. Yes. Those, those, those are two separate statements. <laughs> but also true. But also true. <laughs> and yeah, watching Sideways probably doesn't help. <laughs> oh my god if you're interested in musicals go watch a youtuber called sideways he yes. is amazing he is incredibly passionate about everything he talks about and i think it just makes every video better for it even if you might not understand the finer intricacies of musical theory that he will get lost in highly recommended but back on topic <laughs> so i do think you get a little payoff for that i just it's hard at times watching horses downfall and except for the song, What If I Forget You, there's never a sign that anyone else cares. Mm. And I didn't like that. I mean, they kind of, in their own way, their own weird centaur way do. Because there's the bit where she's singing What If I Forget You, and the other characters see this, and they're like, okay, we're going to help you. But that's what I'm saying. Except for that song. Yeah. It doesn't seem to happen. Well, They, I mean, like, they I help they her with her quest, but I don't think they know... They There's, think of her as a they they don't know how to connect with her on a on a more serious but not, they don't, not centaur world level. They don't try to either. I don't think they know how to. It's true. There is that whole bit. Um, there's definitely bits where one character kind of reveals an insecurity, and the others look at each other and they go, "Are we going to unpack that?" And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. You probably shouldn't laugh at that. I was about to say that was funny, and then realized what I was saying. It's play, it is played off as a joke, though, and that's why I think that I didn't – because that, that's a bit joke, and Holes is taking that bit and expanding it to an episode, which is why I didn't like Holes Part 2. So what was your least favorite episode? I already <laughs> said Holes 2. I agreed with you like half an hour ago. <laughs> but my, my, my most favorite, which I've hinted at, is definitely Welcome to the – wait, is the episode called Welcome to the Bay? Or is it called Welltar? I don't know. Episode nine. Episode nine, basically, when yeah, when they go to the whale tower and they go to the ocean, and Jamie Cullum is a as a what a starfish tour. sunfish sunfish tour starfish tour would look sun sun yeah that's true that's, starfish that's just Patrick from SpongeBob. So nice. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so, so sunfish merman. Uh, all, all the that's it. Sunfish merman. All the Americans would be like, I don't know who the hell Jamie Cullum is, but I'm pretty sure any Brit listening to this would be like, wait. Jamie Cullum's still around? Like, yeah, he's apparently doing kids shows for Netflix, and it was a really good episode. My headcanon is now that all the fish are British, because Welter and Sunfish Merman were both voiced by British singers. Fair enough. It was really good. <laughs> but yeah, just that whole bit where... Actually, even Sunfish Merman's song is, was really fun, and I really liked it. And then it goes into Welcome to the Bay, and then Who Is She Reprise, and then... ah. Uh, I really like this series was like I keep getting these those those three together in my head for a week. We finished watching it last week and I've had these songs in my head all week, Wes. They're so good. I don't know what my favourite song would be though. That's that's a problem. Favourite songs are difficult. They are. Because they change depending on your mood. Yeah. Because in a good musical, I alluded to this earlier, ties emotion into the song. Yes. You don't just have a song for a song. You have a song because the emotions demand a song. The emotions demand it. They demand a sacrifice. Yeah. That's <laughs> why I'm always walking around the apartment singing, and I'm always singing different songs. Why well, you're so emotionless the rest of the time. It's true. What? No, I was joking. Nope. Unless I'm singing, you don't get emotions from me. You just get brittle sarcasm. I'm pretty sure sarcasm is an emotion. And sleep. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Your moods are singing, sarcasm, sleep. Yeah. You've lived with me for how long? <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds about right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I could narrow it down to a few. Ooh, what? I really like the opening Centaur World, just as an introduction song, and because it's a big sweeping ensemble musical song, and big sweeping oh, ensemble musical songs are always second. great. Oh, the introduction to Centaur World. The, the world, not the series. Because the first one is Rider's Lullaby. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm in Centaur World. Okay. Yes. Just checking. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Rider's Lullaby, if I was going to talk about that one, I'd talk about um, when Horse and Rider re-meet, and you get, a bit of, you get a bit of a reprise in there. You get a reprise of like all the songs from the past with the two of them, but it's so good. Anyway, yes. So that's the time when I think it's really good. At the beginning, it's just a song. Okay. It definitely works better when it's mixed in other things to show that emotion. Uh, what If I Forget You is really good. I really like Who Is She. Fragile Things and Fragile Things Reprise are both really good. There's probably more I'm forgetting. Yeah. I think when we were watching it, my favorite was Noah King because I kept wanting to go back and listen to it because it just, it was a creepy lullaby and it's really sinister when you listen to the lyrics. And I was like, wait, wait, what did the lyrics just say? Why are these happy flowers singing this really creepy lullaby? What the hell is going on? Yeah, you get these old 1930s, 40s Fantasia flowers singing to end off an episode, and then you kind of peg on what they're singing, and you're like, hold up, hold the phone. I really like that one. And I Don't Know Him, I think was a fun one. I Don't Know Him was a fun one, definitely. And like I said, Welcome to the Bay... Who is she reprise? I think who is she reprise was better than who is she. It for me. Fair enough. Because it's so it's so clever. Because who is she is about horse, and then who is she reprise is about rider. Yep. And so they they have, take the same lyrics, but they flip it on their head by changing the context of what's happening around them. It's like it's a real musical. It's like it's a real musical. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then they bring back. I think that that was definitely 
Something that later episodes benefited from was when they started bringing back hints from previous parts. So, like, Fragile Things turned up in a couple of songs Mm -hmm. when it became relevant. And like I said, and and who is she? And who is she? Then sprinkled in a couple of things, and oh, if I forget your face, came back at the end. What if I get your face? <laughs> what if you go on without me? Wait a minute, you're just singing Les Miserables. What? No. Yes, you no. were. You're just singing that to Les Miserables. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to you. Nope. Mm. It's almost as if all musicals sound the same words. Speaking of musicals sounding the same, and a slight deterrent from what we were just saying. Okay. You know one of the things that I really liked? Uh, about Center World or just in general? About Center World. Okay, what? So after the first episode, maybe after the second. The second. Because I think both of us really pegged on it after the song Rainbow Road. Mm-hmm. Rainbow Road or the first Fragile Things? One of the two. Anyway, Rainbow Road is at the end of the first episode. Fragile Things at the start of the second episode. Right. Fragile Things, second episode then. Is you and I both kind of turned to each other and went, you know, Wama Winks really reminds me of Glinda, the good Yes. <laughs> she is such a Glinda character. And then we found out that she's voiced by one of the people who played Glinda on Broadway when Wicked first showed up. Not Kristen Chenoweth. The follow-up to Kristen Chenoweth. But yeah, we're both like, this is really a Glinda character. And then it turns out she's voiced by Glinda. <laughs> it is Glinda. <laughs> it's, it's literally just Glinda because she is basically a powerful witch. Kind of. But she's a good witch. Yeah. Who's helping the main character make her way across a road to get to her destination in order to go back to her own world. She's Glinda! Although she does a lot more stuff than actual Glinda does, because Glinda's pretty useless in both The Wizard of Oz and in Wicked. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. She's very useless. Oh, my God. In Wizard of Oz, yes. But in Wicked, she's fantastic. In the musical. Yeah? It's only a musical. It's only a musical, yes. There is no book. We don't talk about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. So... Yes. Is that another reason why you liked One Wink? Yeah. I figured. Yeah. I really like her musical parts in the songs. You know, to pull in another musical here. Hiding Time. Hiding Time was another great song. Hiding Time's a good song. What's it called? Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog. Yes. And there's a song where Captain Hammer, Dr. Horrible, and Felicia Day. Can't remember her character name. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. Peggy. Peggy. Penny? Penny? Peggy? <gasps> We're terrible. Doesn't matter. She's a uh, plot device anyway. <laughs> so, when Captain Hammer, Dr. Horrible, and the MacGuffin are all singing. Is, you mean, yeah. And whenever anyone goes to sing that song. On the rise. Yes, on the rise. Whenever anyone goes to sing that song, everyone always only sings Dr. Horrible's parts. No, it's not on, wait. It seems like it. Yeah. 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 Everyone ever, ever sings Dr. Horrible's parts. No one ever sings the other two bits. And so you'll have like three. Just gone insane. To the point where I don't know if, if I accept, accept the status quo. But throw poison, poison in the water, water main. main. Yeah, that one. Listen close <laughs> to everybody's heart. And hear, hear that, that breaking sound. sound. It's because no one knows Hopes the lyrics to Peggy's are part. Because it doesn't matter. Because everybody identifies with Dr. Horrible. <laughs> like. Anytime people are singing that, oh, I guess Captain Hammer has a very small role in that, but he also has the man's got to do what a man's got to do bit. Mm-hmm. But everyone just sings Dr. Horrible's bit. And I get the feeling with something like Fragile Things, it's going to be the opposite. It's all going to be Wama Winks. Because I think maybe it's also because they start. Maybe. But I think they're also just the better lyrics. 
<laughs> no, no, and no. Horse, horse's song was more convincing yeah. with a hint of fig and murder. <laughs> more evocative imagery. Exactly. So I don't think that's the case because... Fine then. Fine. 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 You just go over there and be your sassy little twunk zibratar. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Thank you. What's a twunk? I, it's a mix between a twink and a hunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. <laughs> I'm I'm just calling him like I see him here. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I really like the Cat Valley episode because that's where Zulius gets his time to shine and has most of his character development. Also cats. <sighs> yeah, that episode starts and you're like, wow, someone just watched cats. And I was glad that they didn't make the whole episode into a musical, into a just cats parody. Mm-hmm. They did just enough that you knew what they were doing, but then you also got like a bit of chorus line and things like that in there, which is always good fun. And then you had a bit of like X Factor. <laughs> then you had a bit of just like full on rock opera. Yeah, X Factor then rock opera. It was great. Yeah this this whole series is kind of a roller coaster of let's give examples of different kinds of music and musicals from the entire spectrum. Like, every song has its own take. Like, the the one, one of the last songs, um, I don't, can't remember the title of it, but I, I in my head it's called It's You, but I know it's not called that. Um, oh, when they find each other again. When they find each other again, yeah. and you were like, oh, wow, this feels like Dear Evan Hansen, it feels like a modern musical. Yes. And then other ones, like you said, the Cats song. Or, or the, the trees being just... 60s American folk, mm-hmm. which cool. isn't a musical, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, was it turned into a musical? Probably that kind, that style of music. Yeah, I think it's too soft for a musical. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, that you was... need some driving force. Or the Malta one was definitely like I want to say like Nicki Mirage or something, or like very not. It's a spoken song with dramatic posing. Lady Gaga. Yeah, but she, I mean, at least Lady Gaga can sing. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, compared to like, Nikki, anyway. <laughs> We're getting off. This. We're getting off the subject. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the whole series was a great just ensemble of a wide variety of different music from everywhere. And it's probably why I have so many of the songs in my head. Yes. All the time now. Yes. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I was not expecting to at all. Ditto. I am looking forward to season two. Which is a big deal for you. I know. It feels weird. <laughs> I feel excited. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that episode of Recommendations to My Taco Spouse. That's our take on Centaur World, the Centaur. latest Netflix animation. Go find it on Netflix because it's Netflix animation, so they're not releasing it anywhere else. Nope. And you can find us on Twitter at any. Bros Creative. Or online at www.anybroscreative.com. Leave your feedback on either location. Yeah, and if you have any recommendations for other musicals, we probably would have seen them, but leave them anyway. And I guess we'll catch you next time. Here on Otafu Susume, or recommendations from my Otaku's house. I've been Wesley. And I've been Jen. Bye. Bye. <laughs>